This is the EPLOG audio experience. From time immemorial, we have heard that all the world's a stage and all of us merely actors. But it is only when you interact with professional actors that you realize that why God turned them into actors. Because there's something burning out in them and they will not be at peace until their passion is translated on that stage. Rangmanch will bring you actors, theatre directors, who will tell us about their fascinating journeys, about how they create, what they create, and what is the message behind them. And you will discover that all of them are special because they create special things. I'm Bhavna Somaya, and you are listening to me on podcast show on Epilogue Media, Rangmanch. Today's episode is on Rupesh Tillu. Rupesh Tillu is a theatre director primarily associated with Clowns Without Borders, where his latest experiment, This Is How We Feel, features young girls from Kamatipura. Welcome Rupesh to Rangmanch. You know, sometimes you meet a director or an actor about whom you don't know much. And uh, you really don't know what to expect out of him. And then suddenly you come to know about his qualifications and you see him with different eyes. That's what's happened with me. I was looking at your biodata and I realized that you're a producer, you're a director, you're an actor, you're also a writer. So how do you wrap up so many things at such a young age? Uh, when I left Sweden to come back to India, I always told my friends because they asked me, why are you, why are you leaving? And I said, you know, I'm very popular and famous in India. They just don't know about it yet. <laughs> so, so I'm here to remind them. Uh, that's why, I mean, jokes apart. But I think all these uh, expressions, uh, nobody decides to be a director or a producer or a writer. Actor, you decide, I would say. Uh, and when you, when you realize that there is a story you need to tell, and not as an actor, I can tell that story because my craft is in someone else's hand. Uh, a director or a producer will decide whether they take me in or not. But once you want to tell a story, hmm. uh, you become a director, you become a producer because hmm. you want to express. And but tell me first a little about yourself <laughs> before you uh, tell me about how uh, a writer or an actor becomes a director because he wants to tell a story. Yes, I'll tell you uh, in brief. I'm born in, in a small place called Ambarnath, which is a suburb of Mumbai. A very small place. And uh, because, but my father is from uh, Girgaon. So he, he's raised there. And Girgaon uh, in 60s and 70s was a hub of theatre and music and culture, uh, Marathi culture. So, so he was... Also movies. And movies because of Bombay Central was very close. So, so everything was happening there. And my, so, so he was highly inspired as every middle-class uh, Marathi families are by uh, Vijay Tendulkar and all these great writers because that's the time he was, he also did little bit theatre. Mm. Uh, okay. So uh, like amateur theatre that every Maharashtrian families yeah. are kind of affiliated to. 
later because of certain reasons he had to move out of his house because he married my mom uh, she, so my father was a brahmin and my mother wasn't and in the 70s that was a very big thing so he just left his house everything and then they start they moved into this small place in ambarnath where i was born and my brother was born and we were we when i was born datta saman strike happened okay so my father and mother they lost job in one day so i moved 18 times in my first 16 years my god because we didn't have a place to stay because of the strikes and my parents couldn't get jobs and you know the mumbai's uh, how how th- that era was in the 80s yeah i'm a 80s child and and so every place i went to i had to restart regroup uh meet new people so what i've learned that was the best theater that you could do mm-hmm. because you pretended you knew them you pretended wow. you knew everything about them you pretended that you are their buddy and that's how acting started for this me this is amazing and what a perspective <laughs> because you, it can have negative influences too and you can get insecure and you can get vulnerable which you didn't i actually i did that time but, but now you know you when good. when in a retrospective it sounds ve- like a fairy tale because in retrospective it feels wow that was great but when you are in that situation only way out is to have hope and gra- grab onto a little threads that you find to move your head out mm-hmm. that's what you do mm-hmm. so i studied in marathi medium school in a sarkari school where <laughs> the where i even didn't know how to speak english mm. till i was a teenager mm. and i always put my head down but today i'm very proud i play shakespeare mm. uh, and and what have learned during those years that you don't give up you know you don't give up and what theater taught me because my father he was in and i always say people ask me what's the use of theater use of theater is it makes you dream it gives you hope it brings out of your poverty because you don't feel poor we were so poor that we lived in 10 by 10 room four people that we rented in someone else's house and you know those stoves that you had in a one corner and one corner bed and we all slept in that room but i never felt poor because during that time i had seen vijay tendulkar's play because my father would take me on his little bicycle to see because he couldn't afford a ticket so he would take me outside uh, performances like uh, that those days every jatra every a small little gathering people would invite plays from mumbai uh-huh. that you could go and see so does cinema i've seen all cinema during that time before vhs came outside and i think that was the greatest how cult. did they do that with that uh, parda yeah so they had pardas and i had this and one the print came from where i don't know that they they had those uh, projectors and uh, community decided now we going to have mukaddar ka sikandar and then there was mukaddar mukaddar ka sikandar and i lived two years with my grandmother in karjat also so people did that and what i have learned that every diwali every holy they would show these films and i realized film looks the same from the other side of the parda so here because we were so small so they would throw us out and pe- big boys would take up the place so a few of us realized you can just climb the temple 
and just lay down there and watch the cinema because it looks the same on the other side, other side of the cinema. So I saw many of many films like that, Amazing. and theater. I was fascinated with because my father he he knew what theater because he was so fascinated by theater himself so he would take me to see these shows and uh, I remember I I have spoken about it several times but I'll repeat it myself here because I think that is why theater is important in the society that after a play I was very small and he put me on this stage and I was just running around as if I have entered Alice in Wonderland. I felt like that little Alice in a rabbit hole, and suddenly a new world opens for you. And I started touching things, and the props, and the actors, and they even didn't know I was touching them because they were engaged in talking with other people. And I felt like this is magic. This is something like my father has put me into a magical world. And today also, I feel like that when I go on stage. I feel like I am entering this amazing place only exists in this time and space when this time and space is over it's over you cannot recreate that so when did you start doing theater a very small age uh, i don't remember but i did all my school plays mm -hmm. all my college uh, i i had no other ambitions than becoming an actor so when i was i was in school the government school and the teachers they were i i was very fortunate that all the teachers they were really well, uh, they were good teacher because appointed by the central government. So, and, and so it's a myth that the municipal schools don't have good staff. I, I would say, I don't know about that, but my school was a, a ordinance factory school. So it's, uh, you know, the ordinance factory number not. So I went to school there. Hmm. And all the teachers, they were appointed by the central government. So they were well qualified teacher. And they told us about theater also that time. Uh, we like great teachers. They focused so much on. Even though I studied in Marathi uh, medium school, I could I understood English very well because we had a teacher, Mr. Gardgill. He spoke for four years only in English to us, and he always said, "If you want to learn the language, speak the language, hear the language, then only you will." So when I went to college. Though I came from a Marathi medium school, first six, seven months, I didn't understand what was going on. But later, I just picked up because Mr. Garg, the teacher, he worked so well on us. And then I had a drama teacher, uh, Mr. Sasane. He put me in every play that he did. He was very fascinated by plays and performances. So I think... And you don't ever remember being nervous, anxious before going on stage? I think that's a part of artist life. If you're not anxious, if you, if you're not nervous, I think it's time to retire, hmm. <laughs> because because you're offering something, you're sharing a moment with people, where I always say that acting is the only profession in the world where you get paid to be judged instantly, because the moment you are on stage, people have an opinion about you. Hmm. The moment people see you on cinema. They have an opinion about you. They don't think normal people. They don't think about who the director is, who who the writer is. That all comes later. But the moment they see, Arey, isme dam hai. Arey, isme dam nahi hai. So they constantly judge you. And as an actor, you are so brave that you put yourself there in front of the people and say, judge me. So of course, you're going to have all human emotions that should be there. 
when you go on stage. So of course I had all those anxieties and uh, nervousness and but I think uh, so which are the memorable plays you were doing at that time before the, you left for Sweden? Uh, I would say if I talk about school uh, they were like all Marathi plays first. Okay. Then, then I, I started after my college, uh, I didn't want to work in a normal setup as a coming from a lower middle class family. That's the only option you have. You graduate and you take up a job. Hmm. Otherwise, how, how are you going to survive? Hmm. So me and my brother, we started a business so I could do theater. Hmm. And then I started playing theater with uh, Mr. Alok Ulfat. Uh, and he was doing very experimental stuff that time. That was like very physical and uh, it was training based and it was called Prithvi. And I just got into that and I realized, oh, theater can be played like this also. Mm. Because my ex exposure was all this Marathi traditional theater where where it's a very proscenium, where dialogues and this. And suddenly you are singing and you're dancing and you're going on the floor and you're working. And that was very much, I think, inspired by Grotowski's work, uh, the Polish genius. And and I was like, wow, this is amazing. Then I started to work with him. I did a couple of plays, uh, Dulari Bai. Uh, it's also very uh, Mani Madhukar Zulari Bai I did. And then uh, Prithvi, we did like more than 100 shows. And I was I was fascinated. Okay. And after, When did you decide to move out? Yeah, so I didn't decide. It just happened. Okay. So the story is uh, when we when we were performing with Alok Ulfat, we got to see a theatre company from Sweden. They were called Slava, Theatre Slava, Theatre Slava, they are called. Okay. And they visited us 2013 and Alok invited them in India and we saw them perform and it just blew my head. They were, these were like energy balls put in one time and space and they were just exploding and imploding at the same time. And I just saw this and I was like, they were singing with these amazing voices and polyphonic singing. And I had never seen somebody move like that. And they were, they were doing it in Swedish and we understood everything. Wow. Because they were so convinced about what they were saying and they were so connected to the core. So there wasn't a chance that we wouldn't understand it. And it, I thought we are only understanding. And then... We saw at least like there were thousands of people watching the performance. Everybody understood. Nobody asked them what was it about because people get it. You know, when you have that conviction. And I said, this is what I want to do. Like, I want to do this theater. Okay. And, and then the first germ comes in my head. And I was very 20, 20 or 21, something like that. Then one year after or two, one and a half year after, one of the member from that company got his students that he was teaching in a school. Okay. He got them in India. India to work with our company. So it okay. was a collaboration. And mind you, this is happening for decades. Uh, because yeah. in the olden days, uh, Shakespeare Wala worked with Prithvi Theatres. Of course. And when they wanted an understudy, that's how Shashikapur joined I know. and they fell in love. Yes. So it happened with you too. Yeah, th though I didn't fall in love with the girl from that theater. Okay. I might have, but I shouldn't tell you that. Ah, so, then? <laughs> but so, so the company came and we worked together for a month and we performed in the northern part of India. Uh, then I asked one, that teacher, Kefas, uh, I would like to come and study under you. Mm. Is that possible? 
And I say, yeah, we can make that possible. Very polite Swedish way. Mm. And I thought he's just lying, you know, that the way in India people do. Yeah, yeah, of course mm. uh, you can work. <laughs> but me and my friend Deepal, it was two of us. Then we also told Alok. Alok also said, do something for these boys. They are really, they're really in it. And then uh, I, I write him when he goes back. Is it possible? Yeah, yeah, I've spoken in with the school and they will invite you. And then we get this invitation letter. Mm. And I go like, oh my God, it's, it's happening. It's happening, but we don't have money. Yeah. <laughs> I had no money at all yeah. because I had just started a business with my brother and yeah. all the money that we earned went in the business. So how did you go? So I left that business. It was six months left before I could go. So I told my brother, uh, I'm leaving. And yeah. my brother said, uh, my parents were always with us. They said, if, if Rupesh says he want to do something better, he Get will him. do it. Because, you know, I was always good at studies and my parents never had to pay for my education. Yeah. I taught something somewhere and I, I did all my education on my self, own. Uh, self, uh, even taught. college fees, what whatever little yes. was, yes. I earned it myself. So they had a confidence and they said, you do it if you want to so do it. So where did the money come from? I, I didn't have any money. So I told my brother, I'm going to drive your car for six months, take you to all the places where we had this business. You give me 25,000 rupees for the ticket. Okay. And then I asked one of my aunt and uncles and could, could you just give me some 5,000, 10,000. So they, somehow I had 25,000 rupees cash and 25,000 rupees that I could buy ticket. 25, 30,000 that, that time it was something like that. But we got this invitation letter and then I had to show two and a half lakh rupees in my account. Oh my God. You know that the visa thing. Yeah. And I was like totally depressed sitting there. And I asked my aunt, Aunt Masi, I call her. And she said, Rupesh, don't worry, I'll do something. So she borrowed money on this interest, you know, 1%, 2% interest. Put it in my bank. We took the printout I show, I'd shown to the person, gave it back with the, and she paid the interest. So I still owe her. I said, I'll never pay your interest. I'll keep paying you whenever you need money. Uh, and that's how that happened. We got the visa and I, I still remember the dates. 6th of June, 2005, I get my visa. 10th of June, 2005, Kefas writes us, sorry, you can't come. Oh my God. Because, because there has been a problems in school with some students. So they don't want, they are solving that problem. They don't want new foreign students coming here. Oh my God. And you know how it is in India, especially in the middle class, lower middle class families. Now when what? you have declared you are going and now you have to face your friends and they're going to go like, yeah. So, you know, you know, that ridicule that can bring all this, all this, mess. All, all the money and everything. And I was like, oh my God, this is not happening. This is not happening. I wrote him one pager email that time ready if mail was there i remember yeah. i wrote him and saying you i explained him the whole situation where what situation i'm in how i reached here so far and how important this is for me and i will be like devastated i left my brother's business i've been driving his car so he could pay me or like i offered him something so please well, i don't know what to do now and i remember in two days he wrote Okay, whatever the school says, I don't care. You have got your visas. Because I told him how hard it was for me to get the visas. Now you have the visas. Come for and a yeah. month. I will take care of you and I'll teach you personally. 
and I and my friend Deepal was there and I told him, you know, it's an opening. We bought only one way ticket, 25,000. I told him, we have a visa for 14 months. I'm not coming back. I'm going. And, you know, it also... He came with you, Deepal? Yeah, Deepal. Deepal, uh, Deepal and me. Uh, Deepal, uh, my college friend, we did theater together, same company, and everything happened together for us. But for me, because I, you know, for me, I had no attachment to any place because I moved so many times and I know in the end it works out. You just have to be good at theater and telling people how important it is for you. And we reach uh, Sweden and I remember Kefas's wife and Kefas came to uh, receive, pick, receive us and they saw our bags and they went like, why do you have so much stuff for a month? And me and Deepal just looked at each other. It's like, you're not going back. We'll see what happens. And then we go there. By then, school has allowed us to be there in for one month. School said, one month these boys can be here. Later they have to go. So when the one month happened, the students, all 18 students, they went to the <laughs> principal because we did really well. For us, it was life to, and death. You said, they said you they want you to be there forever. No, they said let them finish at least one term that ends in December. So why are you telling them to leave in one month? Because these boys are doing really well. And for us, it was life and death. And was it agreed? It was awesome. It was like... Oh, so they agreed? Yeah. So so principal said, okay, let them stay till December. So we stayed till December. When December came, all the uh, staff, the teachers, they went to the principal and said, these boys are doing really well. Why do you want to throw them out? Uh, figure something out. And and when we went to Sweden, I had 25,000, people had 25,000. That is actually 4,000 Swedish crowns, nothing. For one month, we ate only cabbage because we couldn't figure out what price is what. You know, suddenly everything was six times more, mm. but the price was same. But for in our brain, you know what happens. It's so where were you staying in the school? <laughs> That is also like a story. Kefas put us in this fancy apartment. He didn't know, like we didn't have money. He puts us in a fancy My apartment. And, and we asked the owner how much. And then it was 4,000 Swedish crowns. And that was the only money we had. So after two weeks, we went to him and said, sorry, sir, we cannot stay here because we don't have money. So we moved into a place where this, you know, the first theater company came. So one of the actors was living in this very weird Dilapidated. Uh, Gula Vilan, it's called. It's run by the government. One room we got there for two more weeks. And then we told, when the students said they should stay, so we asked the principal, we don't have place to stay. She said, okay, we give you one uh, basement room. We have extra, we can give you. And then we could come in that little room, half of this, only two beds. And you know what two Indians do when they go in a room? They put the beds together. <laughs> And and we just started to live there in that apartment, uh, that small apartment. And then they offered us that you could also eat here. Wow. Until then, money was finished, everything was finished. December, I remember, we had no money, finished nothing. And we had to stay one year. Fortunately, during that time, Deepal's parents were visiting Kashmir. I told, call your parents and say, send some Pashmina shawls here. Because Christmas was coming. You could sell it. So they wow. sent all this wow. 25, uh, th uh, like a full bag 
of pashmina shawls and it arrives in november uh, around november december and, and how old were you at that time 21 22 something like that and all that experience of moving places and you know making friends you realized about one thing about life that never give up your hope you always believe that it will be all right you know you, it's like it's not it's not a philosophy that i've learned it's the philosophy that i lived Uh, you know i want to stop you here yeah. because for me this is an amazing lesson yeah. and hopefully for all the listeners uh, the takeaway is that uh, you have to just move on yes and have faith and doors keep opening and that is but if you are going to stop and think that oh it's not happening and as if you should be dreaming this then nothing is going to happen it's like a theater performance once you are on stage you have to move on Yes. The moment you think it's not going to work, you're going to fumble. Hmm. People are going to see you are a bad actor. So what happened after 14 months when your visa was getting over? So as soon as I finished, I got employed. First, sorry, were you able to sell all those 25 shawls? Yes, dollars? we did. And you know, we were minus 20 degree temperature, and we had shoes from Dharavi. Huh. They just have fur on it, but. they don't keep you warm so me and deepal were standing in this market free market selling shawls in one minute we had our shoes were like frozen and 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 there was a library behind so i would go in warm my feet for a minute i would come out and then deepal would go in we did like that all those christmas days every 2 minutes he was out i was in we did like that and we managed to so- sell every shawl that was possible i hope you made money on it yes that. yes we had around like 8 9000 swedish crowns okay. that was enough because we had a staying we had food so all our, and we did we don't drink we don't smoke so we had no other ambitions so so we survived and during during that time also we went uh, because it was a special place it was anthroposophical place where there were few people living uh, they, we called them friends but they somebody had was suffering from like down syndrome and so we started to work there as making their breakfasts in the morning and we would go there and in the morning 7 to 8:30 would make breakfast for all the house and go 8:30 to the school 8:30 you got to, breakfast free there yes so <laughs> you know it's like you we managed and we yes. also made breakfast for so they paid us little bit one and a half hour we worked every day yes. so that was like so uh, what happened when the visa got over and you were coming so to so i India? was i was very fortunate also i say because you know paulo coelho says you have to take one step and the universe takes 10 so it's like that then we were there i graduated and the director whom i met the slava director came to see my performance uh, the final performance and during that time he left slava and started his own company uh-huh. and he asked me would you like to be part of this international company that i'm making and i said of course that's what i want to do you know mm. and then i was part of this uh, ensemble that was there were actors from germany england france me uh, and some swedes then i got to work with him for one and a half two years and you were paid a stipend uh, yeah a salary okay. so my visa got converted into the working visa okay and my friend deepal went to the states okay. uh, to the, uh, study in delarte okay. there is a theater school his sister was there and he left and i was he alone yes and then i stayed back and i worked with the company how many years uh, one and a half two years and uh, and after that i got into uh, six months uh, international program run by clowns without borders 
So I got into that. How did you get there? So I auditioned for it. Okay. And they had open auditions. So you were a performer there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was, because I was working with the company and by then, I also learned little bits. So yeah. this is the same thing which you're doing in India now? Yeah. So what happens is I went for their course, then I got trained and then suddenly my this Grutowski based training which is more singing and, and the movement and uh, kind of I realized I had a natural comic timing when I uh, when I did things because I saw life in with different eyes so I I thought it was funny always uh, so I call it these days uh, life is funny and we all are clowns we just don't know about it yet <laughs> uh, and and then I worked with uh, this company and I got into that program so after that just tell me the name again of the program uh, it was international clown program so can we, you elaborate on this clown program for our so, business uh, my teacher Nale Lonela he was the head of this program and idea was all the artists that they chose were working artists mm -hmm. so they were all somehow knew about humor and they chose them and we were 10 Mm -hmm. And at the end of the six months program, you should be able to have your own solo piece. Okay. A clown piece that you can go out and should be able to perform anywhere. Because clowns would all Without the ensemble. Yeah. It has to be solo. Okay. Because once you can perform solo, you can play with ensemble also. Okay. So it was a number-based clowning. With and you script your own yeah, solo. Yeah, so you create, you create your own piece. Okay. Many times could so be... So you created one? Yes. I think now we should come to this whole... Uh, Project. Uh, this is how I feel. This is how I feel. Huh. How did you conceive that? How did you start performing? Tell me the whole story of this Kamatipura. So I'll go back to a uh, little back. And Clowns Without Borders training I do in Sweden. And then I got into the National School of Dramatic Arts, like NSD. And I did my MFA in physical comedy. And after that, I... Uh, in 2012... Uh, I was visiting India. I was living in Sweden, but on Clowns Without Borders tour. And what Clowns Without Borders does, they provide with psychosocial aid to distressed communities. In simple words, just make people laugh who has forgotten to laugh. And uh, I, I drafted a project with my friend Bjorn Dalman, and we visited India and we were performing in several communities, uh, street children, some orphanages, and anywhere and everywhere where, where you think it, they will have fun. So we were doing our clown show, Popo. Uh, Popo is my clown. And it was very normal. So how many people? In a, in a group, it was me and Bjorn, only two, okay. like a duo. All right. Uh, and we were performing in, for, and people were laughing and having fun. And, and somebody just told me, why don't you go to Kamatipura? I know this organization. Hmm. Visit them. And they have a lot of children. And I, yeah, sure, we've been to many places. Before that, I was in Israel, Palestine, Moldova. You name it. And I was there because crisis, war, I was performing. And I knew how to handle the audiences. Mm. And I was in Zatari camp and when mm -hmm. everywhere. So then? So, so, and I knew what, what Kamatipura was because I'm born and raised in Mumbai. But, you know, when you live in Mumbai, they tell you, don't go there. And you don't go there, mm. right? So I knew what it was, but I, I never went there. So I, I didn't know how it looked. We end up in that area and we perform. After that, I saw these girls small girls from two years to 
15, 16 years old. And that is the time I got my child. So suddenly you see these girls with a different perspective. Every child looks like your own child. So I, I, I asked, so where are the, all these girls coming from? And they then told us, oh, their mothers are in the business, in the prostitution. So they don't want there. So we have this night shelter, day shelter, and we are taking care of them. And, and then, then they told us stories that was like mind-blowing because I couldn't believe this is happening in my own state, in my own city, and I don't know about it because nobody has ever told us this happens here. People talk about prostitution uh, as an object that you consume, but nobody talks about what happens behind. And then we get to know stories that the children are being sold for 5,000 rupees. Akka would buy it from a, a, a new, uh, like a, some mother, and they would sell it because they couldn't keep it. Uh, and, and they told us that when these girls come to them, they ask them, what do you want to be? And they say, I want to be Akka. And Akka, who runs the brothel, she's the most powerful lady. And children naturally understand the power structure. Because I asked my daughter a couple of years ago, uh, one and a half year ago, she was five and a half, six. I asked, Adya, what do you want to be? And she said, Papa, I want to be like you, who tells everybody what to do. And then I said, Director. She says, I don't know, but when you tell, na, ki act like this or do like that. I said, yeah, that's called Director. So how does she know this? That I am the most powerful person in that, that room when you are so... And I knew this. That's why I wanted to be sure why the girls are asking. And that is where I, you know something changed in my brain and I, I went to Sweden and I told uh, my colleagues, we are not going there again. It's too much to take in as an artist. Because I'm an artist, I am not a social worker. I, I don't want to be known as a social worker. I, I'm an artist, I want to do my art. And if somebody gets benefited, great. But I don't want to be known for this, so I'm not going there. But three months, every time I looked at my daughter, I could see those pictures of those girls because it was terrible. And I told myself, I asked, I called Jennifer Vidmo, the boss of Plans Without Borders, and I asked, I want to go there again. So December uh, 2013, we go there again and perform. And, and they were so happy. They already knew the names of our clowns. And they were like, and I was like, Are, abhi ek saal ho gaya. still they know. And we were very happy. And then it's a little incident, I will tell you, why I continued. Because we perform in Kamatipura and we performed in many uh, of uh, those NGOs we perform. And then we had some few more days left. So we start to perform in the uh, New Bombay orphanages. And there we end up in an orphanage where the place, they had only this much space hmm. with 15 children sitting. So one five. One five. Sitting here, this much 10 by 10 place. And how can you perform your show? Right. So I had a Finnish clown friend, Yanna, and I, I and Yanna, like, how are we going to do this show? I said, you know what? They're just happy that we are here in a clown costume. Let's just improvise. Why don't we just go in, connect with children? Let's improvise. Let's do whatever. Keep the technique in your head and we do it. We went in, we just improvised with them and they were laughing and blah, blah, blah. After the show ended, two seven, eight year old girls came to me and said, Popo, why didn't you do that routine with your chair and the back thing that you do? And I like, this was the first time you were going in this uh, orphanage. I said, how do you know that? Don't you remember? 
you came to kamatipura i was sitting in the front row you even looked at me and you touched me and you smiled at me don't you remember that and you know of course i had met like 100 100000 children so for me and i said yeah 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 of course i remember you you were sitting there and she said, my my sister was there too she's still in kamatipura i am here i've been transferred here now i live here and so nice you did and then they did the whole show that we did that time my god they remembered everything and and then it was like my eye opener and then i realized because in our lives so many important event happens so we don't care but in child's life that's the only important event that happened and they lived with the memory and then i connected that to my childhood because for me those are the moments i remember when i saw shivaji uh, uh, in my school for the first time i still remember that shivaji visually mm. and he wouldn't show his back and he would just do like this kind of because those days it was like you shouldn't show the back i don't know they had some and i remember everything and because that was the greatest event in my life that time and i said the impact is big we think it's for a shorter period but we are creating moments that they can cherish for rest of their lives because suddenly talking about the show it made them laugh but is it just about clowning or there is a message in it because now it uh, you have picked up girls from now there. there is a message but sometimes uh, what we basically try to message is so subtle that children understand it's about power structures it's about how to break the power because clown you know clown's job in the society is to comfort the disturbed mm. and disturb the comfortable so when nice. we nice when we go to these children our goal is comfort the disturbed with the girls show goal is disturb the comfortable how did you think of this uh, combination in your clown show how did you derive this message uh, in uh, that's how we feel yeah because it's about uh, male gaze so so i would say because so we started working in kamatipura in 2012 okay and when we performed there after that year 2013 we went i'll continue then we'll come there so the girls said why don't you do this it's so funny why don't you do this for our mothers also they would love to laugh with us and i said ah oh, that's a great idea 2014 we rented a telugu munnevar uh, <laughs> marriage hall which is in kamatipura near close to 11th lane and we rented the space and we told the ngo get all the mothers as many as you can so it was about 80 85 women came and all of them were sex workers and some of the girls were their children also and children and and we did the same show and they had seen it before two times still the moment we came they started calling out our names and they started to laugh and the mothers were laughing and because it's visual we are not talking so much so they were laughing and everybody were laughing and they had so much fun so after the show the ngo asked us can you teach this clowning to our children and mm. i said that's something interesting so i spoke with jennifer uh, the boss and can we draft a project like that and it was funded by clowns without borders so we got some money so we could teach these girls 27 girls we started teaching in 2015 27 27 girls, girls. from kamatipura or from orphanages Kama- kamatipura okay. that ngo that works in uh, apne aap women's collective so all these girls are from there so we started teaching them 27 girls uh, every weekend 
and goal was start in January, February, and in December they should be able to do the show for their mothers. Okay. And then we did first. We didn't do clowning. We just did like a normal play. Okay. Uh, I even don't remember. We, like some a, like some a, children play we picked. Uh, I think one first. So the, the flavor is of Kaka a Kumari. play. Yeah. No. No. It should be like a theater. Theater. We rented light, sound, and okay. everything. We wanted to make it really good. Okay. So we we did Kaka Kumari's Kyun uh, Kyun Ladki. Okay. Uh, because it's a girl who asks question, no? Okay. Uh, so, and 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 these mothers, and first time they even didn't know what to expect because they thought it's going to be a clown show as last time they saw. Hmm. But, and these girls, when we started playing, uh, teaching me and Kalyan Chaudhary is one of my colleague and student, and we started this, uh, he was teaching and he directed that play. And when we started, girls wouldn't look in our eyes because they don't see men who are normal because organization is run by women all the time all the men that they see around them are danger because either they are there the fast client client or uh, you know so called their husbands but they are their pimps at the same time so they wouldn't they didn't have good men around them so when we so went, they have no normal norm. reaction towards the opposite sex no. at all, and they don't make eye contact. So when we started, they wouldn't look in our eyes because they didn't know who these guys are. Though they saw us perform, but the makeup is gone, and suddenly you are a normal person, mm -hmm. and 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 they wouldn't look. But we started slowly every weekend, every weekend, and 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 they did a show which blown my mind too because they were so thoroughly professional when they were on stage, again, it comes to my childhood, you know. When you have nothing to lose, you always win. Fabulous. So for them, they had nothing to lose. So they stand there and, and what they offer, the truth in actor that every acting institution in Andheri is looking for, they have inbuilt. They don't lie. They stand there and they deliver. And their mothers came to us and they told her, oh, first time we could see, the girls can do something else also, you know? My God. And 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 we go like, wow, this is something My amazing. My God. And the, the Apnea Women's, uh, I would take... Apnea is the NGO. NGO. Okay. And Manju Vyas is the CEO. And she really saw the potential. She was really, she was the lady I, I really, really, I appreciate all these years she has supported us so well and she has seen that she has she has a good eye for what is working and not and when she saw this she was like this is working you know of course they have other therapies and they have so but this is something dealing every day you're dealing with people straight mm. you know and 2015 that happens and 2016 um, we do the show again continue the project 2017 uh, one of my theater director, teacher, friend comes from Poland and I take him to see these girls and he saw these girls perform and he asked me, can you bring them to Poland? Wow. I would like to invite them in a Brave Festival. Wow. Uh, 2017. And I asked Manju Madam and she's like, I don't know. They don't have passports. Huh. How are we going to fix their passport? Oh my God. And we have such a terrible time fixing their passports because you did we did but you know two three girls couldn't go because either their mothers wasn't there or their father was you know how to fix the document because mothers have trafficked either from somewhere else 
and they have Aadhaar card, but Aadhaar card has some other name, but because they all change their names. Yeah, so it is on ground reality. It's all. But the other twenty-five went. Not twenty-five. We had to choose only six because okay. we could uh, couldn't afford. And uh, the six all. of them went. Yes. So and six. And it was a amazing experience. Oh my God! I'm. You oh. find them transformed? Absolutely. Imagine, mm. like I transform. Why wouldn't they? They are even younger than me, and so they go there a one-month program where they interacted with uh, children from seventy or eighty other countries. They invite all of them there. It's like Miss World and Miss. Yes, uh... and then they perform together, and they did their little clown piece. Plus, they have made a big show. Uh, children from all countries, and then they did this one month, and awesome, great. And after that, we go to Sweden and make a little tour with Clowns Without Borders. Uh, and it was funded by Clans Without Borders, and we perform, uh, and this girl comes back. So 2018. But tell me, when they come back, they're back to Kamatipura. They're back to Kamatipura. Uh, don't they feel disappointed? Yeah, it's and, a it's a it's a arid life now. You them. know, people again, people who have a lot to lose will always think, oh, but now you get them back to that place, but think that they got to see sun shining on a beautiful lake. they got to see nice people they got to meet amazing people from 70 countries they made connections and all this will flourish in the coming times and you have to be hopeful that something because worse is already in their lives so, so what are they being educated now they are going to school Schools. they are all going to school they have great exposure one of the girls i think uh, shraddha uh, she she's with uh, she's in this play also I think she's so an, in this play that you're performing, which is called "This Is How We Feel." How many of those girls who travel uh, to only there? one, mm -hmm. but three that we wanted to take them, but we couldn't because of the okay. visa. So I said, this time I want this. So they get because an opportunity. They were heartbroken. Yes, like we trained together. We so practiced. those three who couldn't travel to Poland, they're there. And one uh, Shraddha who had already traveled. Who had already traveled four. And two more from the uh, from two yeah. novices, new yes. ones. Yes. Okay. And so. you uh, were explaining to me about how you are imbibing a message. So about know, the male gaze. Yes. So for me, what I've learned through clowning is when you say a message too loud on people's face, they hate it because people know what it is. So. If we make a play about Kashmir and we say, "Oh, look, this is happening," and that happened, people, we know this. Sorry, we are living in 2020. Like theater had, had I always say, had that responsibility of social awareness when other mediums weren't there. So theater was one of the primary medium to communicate ideas. And today, people already are much aware, equally aware. There are multi-dimensions and multi-platforms to get yeah. information, uh, and to um, so theater is not information. Process your thought process. So for me, what why theater is different than any? Can you make someone feel about the issue mm. instead of giving a message? Can they feel the message? Mm. And that is my goal with this. So they need to feel how it feels, and that is the theme that I'm working with. Where it has to be interactive. Is this the first time uh, that girls from Kamatipura are 
involved in the workshop and performing with no they've been perf- uh, training with us for last four year, no, five no. years are you the only one who's doing it are there other theater groups doing it you don't know. i don't think so nobody's doing it i there might be i i'm not aware of it okay i i was so busy with <laughs> just focusing on what we are doing so right now in mumbai you have how many shows uh so 10 uh, shows three in pune seven in different theaters and also uh 20 ngos that they will go to so other children can see this is also possible okay so besides uh, professional theaters they are going to ngos and also performing 20 ngos so all together the girls will do 30 shows and we have raised some money so every girl gets uh, 1500 or 800 rupees every show they perform mm-hmm. that goes we have opened their uh, bank, accounts, bank accounts so they don't have an access and their mothers or fathers don't have an access until they become 18, 18. Wonderful. and then after so each girl would get around i think 45 to 50000 rupees after the whole project and that is their money they can do whatever after once they are 18 they have an access and because they are affiliated to ngo so the ngo is kind of guarding that i think that's a wonderful ending i'm absolutely privileged to meet you and yeah. i really enjoyed the conversation <laughs> thank you and you prove that you cannot judge a book from its cover or a man from his biodata <laughs> because what happened today in this recording room is a revelation and i think it's also a movement because i hope you continue to do this yeah. but you done one with clowns and one with this male gaze message about this is how we feel how are you going to uh, make yourself different each time why do you have to be different i i always say be master of what you do mm. and you can only be a master when you live your art you can you tell a kathakali artist to be a bharatanatyam yeah oh can you just be a master of bharatanatyam also might some of them might do it but i think in in modern arts we tend to forget that we want to do this and we want to we want to touch jack everything and it's not jack of all we want to touch everything so we can brag about it with a glass of wine with our theater friends oh i've done clowning oh i've done this no you haven't you have to give your life to an art form can you tell mr bachchan to do something else rather than what he's doing because he's very good at it that's why he keeps doing it so does you have to keep doing what you do and as an actor i love films because that's where I, but as a theater maker i don't want to make a the, want to make theater where i have to request people to come to theater i want to bring theater to people because it's theater if netflix can reach your bedroom so will we wow that's my goal wow you can it can, theater cannot be exclusive it cannot be for elites it has to be inclusive and for everyone then only we 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 win the race otherwise people are just we are talking about art and culture people are just happy watching tiktok videos <laughs> so we have That's to go to people uh, and keep up the spirit thank you thank Rupesh you pesh tillu thank you for tuning in if you have liked this episode do comment do rate on apple podcasts subscribe to rangmanch on your favorite podcast app like apple podcast google podcast Hubhopper, Castbox, Spotify, GeoSavan, so that you get notified when we come next. Stay tuned for the next episode with yet another guest, and until then, take great care of yourself.